Is there anything you want to do? Do you have stuff to achieve? Do you have goals? Do you want to look good? Do you want to have a career path? Do you want to win a grand final? Do you want to be good at a sport? Do you want to play in front of a thousand people, 10,000, 100,000, a million people because you're a musician? What is it that you want to do with your life? And can you or can't you? And I think it's a pretty important question. And could it be the ultimate question that we ask ourselves? Or should we be really careful of the statement, which is, I can't? And whether somebody else tells you that you can't, or you tell yourself that you can't, is it possible that then you definitely cannot? So could the very best place to start if you've got anything you want to achieve in your life is to get rid of that ridiculous word, can't. I hate it. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Can't. Because as soon as I say I can't, what possibility is there ever that I'm going to be able to achieve something? So what if that was just a really simple tip? If you've got something you want to do in your, in your life, just remove that silly word, I can't. And how about turn it into a question? Get rid of the statement, I can't, and turn it into this magnificent, simple question. Three little words, how can I? What do I need to do? so that I can. I know that's two questions, so I'll go back to the first question. How can I? If you ask your own brain that question, don't ask other people yet, because there'll be people who even if you think they might have the right information, you say, well, how can I do this? And they go, well, you can't do it because you're too tall and you're too short and you're too old and you're too young and you don't have enough money and you don't have enough experience and you don't have a good enough education and there'll be a big long list of reasons why you can't. Interesting thing about that list, you only need one reason for can't. (laughs) Is it possible then you only need one reason for can? So the first question is how can I? What do you want? Big, big question. How can I do it? And then what do I need to do? And one of the really interesting things uh, that I'm kind of excited about... Uh, I didn't finish school, no, that's not what I'm excited about. And probably I am because one of the challenges I had in school was a lot of can'ts. There was a lot of people who said to me, you can't do it. it it's not possible for you. You're not good enough. And it's interesting because I've now experienced and invested time with and had lots of other people share with me that they were told the same thing. You won't amount to anything. You're not smart enough. You won't get good enough marks. You have to go and get some lousy, stinking, rotten job because you can't. Well, I didn't want to buy into that. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't like school because I didn't like the learn stuff that I had no interest in, but I couldn't apply it to what I wanted to do with my life. And I wanted to believe that I could do it. I wanted to be a can person, not a can't person. So... What I had to do then from an educational point of view is study the people who do, study the people who can, study the people who have, or study the people who haven't, who say it's not possible and don't do what they're doing. And there's a great suggestion. So what do you want? How can I do it? What do I need to do to get it? Study the people who haven't done it and tell you that you can't and don't do what they're doing. Have a look at what the people are doing that have done it. And is it possible that they're completely different things? Uh, And uh, from an education point of view, and I always ask this question, uh, is there a degree, a university degree, perhaps even a doctorate degree, 
in the study of excellence. Now, I don't think there is, but if there was one, I would have it. Because I was absolutely committed from a very young age, 13 to be very specific, that there had to be can. I didn't want to deal with the can'ts. I wanted to find out how. How do I become healthy, fit and strong and stay that way for the rest of my life? How do I have a career or a business that I'm absolutely passionate about and I love it every day and I do it for the rest of my life so I, I feel like I'm never working and and I will do it for free but I don't want to be in a financial situation where money's controlling my life. So it was a, a pretty big driving force for me. How do I become financially free? Two big words for me were freedom and choice. How can I have the freedom and choice to live my life the way that I want to live it without money controlling my life? And how can I attract great people into my life? Uh, and I wanted to study the excellence of that. So who are the people who are the healthiest, fittest and strongest? Who are the people that have a career or business that they love? Who are the people that are financially free and why? And who are the people that have got great relationships? And let's have a look at that. Should it be a study of excellence and should it be a subject in school perhaps? If you are a school teacher as an, and I'm an educator, so for me these are the four big parts of the MAX program. The MAX International Colleges, the, the skills, tools and knowledge are very specifically based on how do I get my body healthy, fit and strong and stay that way for the rest of my life and help other people to do the same? How do I make sure that I have a career or business that I'm absolutely passionate about for the rest of my life so I wake up every day doing what I love? How do I turn that into financial choice and freedom so that money's not controlling my life? And then how do I have the great communication skills to make sure that I can attract great people into my life, the best customers and clients and members into my life, the best relationships? How do I communicate effectively with myself? How do, how do I become a great person? And then how do I attract great people into my life? So that, was a that has been a study of excellence for me. And I've been studying that, that form of excellence every single day of my life. So if there was a doctorate degree to be given, I think they would give me one because I'm looking very carefully, very specifically, studying, researching and analysing every day. What are, the, what are the people doing who hate their life? They're out of shape, overweight, sick and diseased. What are they doing differently than the ones that are really healthy? The people that have lousy, stinking, horrible crappy jobs that they hate and whinge, moan and complain about, what are they doing differently to the people that absolutely love their life and they're, they're doing something they're really passionate about? The people that are broke and getting broker, and I always make comment about that now because we live in a world where being broke, having no money, uh, isn't the end of it. If you're at zero, so you don't have any money, people get themselves into a much worse situation than just broke. And there's a reason for that, of course. And if you study what they do and don't do it, is it possible that you could end up on this side with this group who are financially free? Now, the interesting thing about all of these things, so if you have a look at health and fitness, if you have a look at career and, and business that you love, if you have a look at financial freedom, and if you have a look at people who have great relationships, there's not a balance there. There's an enormous number of people who have lousy, stinking, rotten health, lousy, stinking, rotten job, terrible financial situation and getting worse and have terrible people in their life or a combination of some of those or all of those and there's a the large majority of people in the world have all of that happening now there's got to be a reason for that doesn't there and haven't you ever wondered why why are there so many unhealthy overweight sick diseased people why are there so many people who hate their job and at any one time 
uh, and this is a research study that's done every year on a regular basis. Behavioural scientists are studying it all the time. How many people absolutely passionately love their job every single day? Uh, and there's not very many people. And in fact, there's, very, there's a tiny number of people who are doing what they're passionate about. When you look at financial freedom, there's an enormous number of people who are not only just in, a, in bad shape financially, but as I shared, getting worse. There's a large number of people who just live an average life financially. So they have just enough money to get by. And there's a tiny number of people who are financially free. And there's an even tinier, tinier number of people who have so much uh, freedom and choice financially that they can actually make a difference in the world. And that's something that I've always wanted to do. How about you? I don't just want to, and I always ask this question, if there was a scale, and this is not a right or wrong scale, and this is not a zero to 10 scale, it's just a differentiation scale. And I always ask all of my students this question, and it's a very personal question I'd like to ask you. This end of the scale, and it's not, again, it's not right or wrong, it's just different. This end of the scale is you would really love to have all of those things going, the things that I've shared. So you'd like to be healthy, fit and strong. You'd like to have a career or business that you love. You'd like to be financially free and have great relationships. Uh, and that's your life. This end of the scale is, yes, you'd like all of those things, but you'd like to have a major positive effect on the entire world. So this is, I've got a great life, I love my life, I wake up every day doing what I love, my life. But this end of the scale is that I'm actually making a difference to the entire world. In the middle somewhere is, I would like to make a difference in my community, in my country, with my church, with my school, with, a, with, a, with a, the people that I have very close contact with. And that's a very different headspace. So let's think about it. I'm, I've really, I love my life. And I think that's what most people would strive for and have that. Yes, I, and I'll, I'll say it again because I get excited about it. I'm healthy, fit and strong. I've got a career or business that I love. I'm financially free and I've got great people in my life. And surely that's, you know, that's the ultimate goal. But for some people, it just isn't. For some people, those things are important, and of course I'm going to have those, but I really want to make a difference to my country, to my community. I want to have a positive effect on more than just my life, small group. This end of the, of the scale is I actually want to make a difference to the world. And there are some people, whether you like them or not, whether you respect them or not, they've had a major influence on the way all of us live our lives. So for example, the guy that invented the car, uh, he's had a pretty major effect on the world. Uh, the Larry and Sergey who invented Google. Now that was the name of a company which is now a verb in the Oxford Dictionary because we Google stuff all the time. Our lives have completely changed because of two blokes who wanted to create a search engine. It's an enormous worldwide company called Google. They've changed the world. Steve Jobs wanted to put uh, beautiful music or your music into your pocket. Uh, so the way we listen to music and the way we communicate with each other, and I don't think he was quite, when he invented the iPhone, I don't think that he quite understood how much people would now rely on their phone. It's become, now it's become the only way to get around in the world. Uh, there's some places in the world where you can't go if you haven't got your phone. 
Uh, that's changed the world. Steve Jobs, as the inventor of or the, the founder of the Apple company, has changed the whole world. Then when you have a look at some of the people that have invented, created, uh, say, uh, drugs, uh, uh, pharmaceuticals that have gotten rid of diseases. So we don't have polio anymore, for example. We don't have the, the Black Plague anymore. Uh, there's some people that, because of their headspace, because they decided that it was possible to get rid of that horrible disease, we now have things like painkillers and we have... Uh, we have chemotherapy to be able to kill cancer inside the body. Some of those big inventions have literally changed the entire world. And then when you have a look at computers and, and what we are now capable of doing and where we can go and, and the things we can experience, the reason I'm asking you personally is where, where do you sit on that scale and are you going to do it or are you just going to talk about it? So are you going to, if this is important to you, so you don't want an average life, because most people don't have any of this end. As I shared before, most people have a lousy, stinking, rotten job, their body's out of shape, they're broken, getting broker, and they have terrible relationships. So that's most people. This group here who have got those, all of those sorted, that's a very small group. But there are another group on this scale that want to make a difference in the world. And what is the difference that you want to make? Uh, do you want to get people healthy? Do you want to get people uh, to have less disease? Do you want to change education? Do you want to change the way politics happen in the world? Would you like to have an effect on uh, the way people treat the environment? Uh, that could be a worldwide changing thing. And uh, they're the things that I study every single day. And it really excites me and, and literally I get goosebumps when I think about the things that people have done, even though they were told it's impossible. It can't be done. You can't do it. Never going to happen. And they do it anyway. So one of my favorite stories, and you might be uh, too young to uh, even consider that the 1950s even existed. But there was a gentleman in the 1950s called Roger Bannister. And he was an exercise scientist and he was uh, working in a university and he was also a runner. And he wanted to run what was considered impossible. He wanted to run under the four-minute mile. It had never been done before. And he figured out scientifically, mathematically, maybe with some goal setting and some, some big picture vision thinking, that it would be possible to run under a four-minute mile. Uh, he went to his university professors, the people who knew more about biomechanics and physics than he did and anatomy and physiology, and said, I think it's possible to run under a four-minute mile. And they all said, no, Roger, not possible. In fact, you could, you could die. If you try and run under a four-minute mile, your muscles will heat up and get so hot you could die. Now, I, I don't know enough about anatomy and physiology to call myself an anatomist or a physiologist, but I know enough to know that we're not going to burn up when we run fast. But he was told it was impossible and he could die. Now, that's the ultimate uh, negative, isn't it? You could die. But he believed it was possible, so he didn't take on the can'ts. He said, let's do the can. So in May, I think, 1954, don't quote me, but the, the gentleman by the name of Roger Bannister, I'm going to say it again, Roger Bannister, run he did run under a four-minute mile. He did it. He did the impossible. 
What was really interesting, however, is about four weeks, maybe six weeks later, again, don't quote me, an Australian guy did it. He ran under a four-minute mile as well. And then the two of them ran against each other, and I think the Australian guy beat Roger. But here's my very interesting take note from that. Is it possible that the Australian guy could run under the four-minute mile because Roger did it first? And I'm asking you that question because what is it that you want to do that somebody said is impossible and it can't be done? And I'll just go a, a step backwards from that. Whatever it is that you want to do, if somebody's already done it, of course it's possible for you. I have people share with me every day, oh, I don't think I can have a career in the exercise profession, or I don't think I can have a successful gym, or I don't think that I can have a chain of personal training studios, or I don't think I can have a successful online business, or I don't think I can make $100,000 a year as an exercise professional. I'm just using some really, I get bombarded with those every day. They've all been done. So what is it that you want to do? And if somebody says that you can't do it, it's a can't. Just consider that. You're a can't person. Go away. How can I remember is the ultimate question. And then if it's been done before, can you do it? And of course the answer is yes. Can you have a gym? Yes. There's millions of them now around the world, I think. Can you earn more than $100,000 a year as an exercise professional? Yes. Can you earn more than $100 an hour as an exercise professional? Yes. Uh, these are things that have already been done. So why would you why would you even buy into? And this is usually the can't people. There's three reasons why they're can'ts. They've never done it, so they have got no clue that it can't be done or can be done. So they're just giving you an opinion that's they've pulled out of their backside. So why would you listen to them? Because they've never done it. The second group of can'ts are really interesting because they tried and they failed. And my definition of failure, as you know, is that you had to go and then you gave up. So what if you never give up? That means you can never fail. It seems to be that that's what the, the people that achieve what they want to do, they just say, yep, I'm going to do it. And they just keep going until they do it. They don't stop. Uh, it was advice given to me as a marathon runner. Rowie, if you're going to run marathon, there's only one headspace to have. When the gun goes off, you start running. And when you hit the finish line, you stop running. There's no other option. There's no alternative. If you don't give up, you can't fail, which means you'll become a marathon runner. So when somebody comes along and says to you, you can't do it, there's the, the, the three can'ts. They have never done it. Don't listen. They had a go and they gave up. It doesn't mean that you're going to give up and it doesn't mean that it can't work for you. It just didn't work for them. And they don't want you to do it. And I just considered that why that's such an important statement why would they want you to do it? They gave it a crack and they failed. So if you give it a crack and you succeed, you're going to make them look like a dick. So they don't want you to do it. So that's why they're called can'ts because they had to go and they failed and they gave up and, and now they're telling you you can't do it. Don't buy into that rubbish. The third lot of can'ts are the really interesting ones because they're actually doing it. But they're a little bit nervous that if you come into their area of whatever it is. So I'm, again, I'm going to use the exercise profession. If there's a personal trainer, a gym instructor, a gym owner, somebody in the exercise, and I can't call this a profession because a professional would never say this to you. But you say to them, I'm going to be an exercise professional. I'm going to own a gym. I'm going to be a successful 
and I wouldn't call myself a personal trainer. I don't want you to call yourself a personal trainer. But the, and there's a reason for that because you're going to be so much better than that as a Max International exercise professional. But if somebody says to you, "You can't do it," and you, after you've told them that you're going to be a personal trainer or you're going to own your own gym or you're going to have boot camp or you're going to be an online exercise professional, have your own business, and they're in the profession. They don't want you to come in because they're scared of you. Because the average people are worse. So if they're struggling and just getting by, or they're just average, so you know they, they might be earning a wage, they might be doing okay, they're scared of you. They don't want any more competition. So if they're a personal trainer in a gym and they have just enough clients to get by, and you tell them that you want to be a personal trainer in their gym, they're going to tell you that you can't do it. Because they're bloody scared that if you come in, you're going to steal all their clients. Well, I'd love to give you some insight into really successful people. And as I share, my definition of success is always the same. People that are healthy, fit and strong, they've got a career that they love, they're financially free, and they've got great people in their life. Those people are really hard to find. And that tiny group of people want as many other people to to be doing what they're doing because they're really happy and they just want that for everybody. A really successful business person, even if you're going to go into the same business that they're in, they want you to come because they understand that they can't get better without competition. And I'll use the uh, the Roger Bannister story again. When he was up against somebody else who was running under a four-minute mile, he got better. Now, I'll just sort of finish that story off. It's now normal to run under a four-minute mile. You can go to any athletic club pretty much anywhere in the world and you'll find teenagers who are running under a four-minute mile. Roger made it possible. He said, you can do it. I did it. You can do it too. And now everybody's doing it because he made it possible. The exercise profession is very similar. You've got K-Man in your life who was one of the very first personal trainers in Australia when everybody said it can't be done it's not possible no one's going to pay to get trained by anybody people can go and train themselves or just pay their gym membership but he believed that people needed to to have somebody in their life who believed in them who could coach them to help them achieve their exercise goals their sporting goals their weight loss goals whatever it was K-Man made it possible for every, I believe, and I can say this because I'm his wife and I just think this is such a cool story. When he became a personal trainer in Australia, there were no personal trainers in Australia. It was never, it was never, it was not possible. No one was going to be a personal trainer. It was impossible. He did it and made it possible so much so that now I don't want you to call yourself a personal trainer because there's too many bloody personal trainers and most of them are average or worse. Isn't that interesting? Something that was impossible has now got so many people doing it that there's always, and it doesn't matter which career path you choose, doesn't matter which business you're in, doesn't matter which sport you play, there's always going to be people who are really bad at it, people who are average at it, people who are good at it, and then people who are the best of the best. Well, here's a great Great question. Do you want to be the best of the best? Do you want to be the Roger Bannister of your profession, of your career path, of your idea, who everybody says it's not possible? And you just say, well, I'm not going to, I'm not buying into the can't. How can I? And I'm going to do it. And that's that really interesting headspace that I'm just going to ask you very personally to consider. The unfit, unhealthy, overweight people. Do they live differently to the healthy, fit, strong people? 
And if you wanted to be healthy, fit and strong, what if you just started eating and living and exercising as a healthy, fit, strong person? Not setting goals to do it, not talking about it, not Googling it, not trying to get every other person's bloody opinion. How about you just decide, what do I have to do to get healthy, fit and strong and do it? Live like a healthy, fit, strong person. And this is a great question to ask. It's not complicated. You've got a meal in front of you. Would a healthy, fit, strong person eat this? You're choosing to exercise. Will a healthy, fit, strong person stay home and not exercise? Or will they get up off their backside and go do some exercise? And if you're really keen to get healthy, fit and strong, why not learn your anatomy and physiology so you actually understand how the human body works? It's one of the things about exercise people that I can't understand and I would never call these people professionals. If you're going to be an exercise professional, so you're going to specialize in exercise and be the best at it, because the word professional means I'm bloody good at what I do and I get paid for it, shouldn't we, a rephrase, do we have a responsibility to learn our anatomy and physiology because that's what we do? And I always use the example, if you're going to be a car mechanic, best you learn how cars work because it's really embarrassing. And I use this example one of the cars that I've always loved are Porsches. And if you take your Porsche to a mechanic who doesn't understand Porsches, he's going to lift up the, the bonnet and expect the engine to be there. Well, when you go to a Porsche and lift up the bonnet, there's the boot there. Uh, and if you go to somebody to fix your Porsche and they go there, you obviously know that's not the right person to fix your Porsche because that's not how that car works. Well, interestingly, there's a lot of people who call themselves exercise professionals. They call themselves personal trainers. They have a boot camp. They tell people how to eat and exercise and supposedly how to get people healthy, fit and strong. And they don't know how the human body works. So here's my great question. If you want to be healthy, fit and strong, rather than relying on a guru or an expert or a social media influencer or some other person telling you what to do, why not learn your anatomy and physiology and get healthy, fit and strong? Because is it possible that the people that are out of shape, overweight, unenergetic, hate their life, don't fit into their clothes, live differently than the people that understand how the human body works and they've worked it out for themselves. And I think that's probably the most important thing. Do you need to work it out for yourself? Because there's too much argument, particularly about exercise and food, and arguments, excuse me, at the extreme end of the scale. So as I always share, there's vegan vegetarians and there's carnivores. There's people who exercise three, four, five, ten times a day, and there's people who exercise three times a week. There's people who eat once a day, there's people who eat five times a day. There's people who say that carbohydrate's going to kill you, and there's people who say that if you don't eat carbohydrate, your brain won't work and you'll pass out. So you've got to work it out for you, but why not work it out? If you want to be excellent, if you want to be at the top end of healthy, fit, and strong, how about learn your anatomy and physiology? There's a stack of people with a terrible job, Look at what they're doing, and is it possible that it's completely their headspace is different, their training's different, their education's different, their drive is different, their discipline is different than the people that wake up every day loving what they do? And the, the really interesting question there is would you do it for free? And the reason I ask that question your career path, your business, whatever you decide to do to earn money. This group down here, if I ask them that question, if your boss stops paying you tomorrow, would you still go to work? Of course not, which means they're working for the money. 
the people, and this is from my study of excellence, the people that love what they do, they're passionate about what they do, they're the most wealthiest people in the world financially. But when I ask them, would you do this for free? Guess what they say? I have done it for free. Many times in my life, I've, had, I've been on the bones of my ass, but I knew that this was what I wanted to do. So I just kept going. I didn't give up. Remember, the only definition of failure is when you give up. I just kept going and going and going until I achieved my goal. Ha ha ha. The best sports people in the world will tell you that. Don't give up. If you don't give up, you can't fail. So have a look at what the people with the lousy, stinking, rotten jobs are doing and don't do it. And have a look at what the passionate people who love what they do and will do it for free and they're financially free are doing and do what they're doing. And this average thing in the middle, give that a big miss because the big challenge with average is it's comfortable. And if you're comfortable, you tend not to make any changes. So what are the... What are the unfit, unhealthy, overweight people doing? What are the healthy, fit, strong people doing? What are the people who have got a lousy, stinking, rotten job doing versus the people that are doing what they love? What's the difference? The people that are broke are living differently. Yeah, They're doing different stuff than the people that are financially free. What's the difference? And the people that have lousy, stinking, rotten relationships with their family, with their kids, with their partner, with their boss, with the people in their life whether it's every day, some days, most days, doesn't matter, that kind of relationship surely is not what you want for you or your family or your kids. If your kids are looking at your life and using you as an example, would they want to live your life? Would they want to be as healthy as you? Would they want to have the same career path as you? Would they want to have the same financial situation as you? And would they want to be in the same kind of relationships as you? And I think that's a really important question to ask because our kids are going to follow what we do. Now, I can't, I don't have any kids. I just want to be the person that if, if a the future leader of the world, a small adult, as I call them, look into my life. I want them to see that it is possible that, yes, you can run under a four-minute mile. Yes, you can have a business. Yes, you can be a musician. Yes, you can be a rugby union player. Yes, you can play golf for a living. Yes, you can be an artist. Yes, you can. One of my favorite stories uh, a lot of my students, um, when I go to schools, will share with me they want to be a rock star, but they can't sing. Well, yes, there's a lot of rock stars who can't sing. They can't sing, but they still can be a rock star. Isn't that awesome? Uh, and my favorite story is a, a dancer who has one leg. And he auditioned for the Michael Jackson Cirque du Soleil show. Now, I'm not sure if, if that connection's clicked, but for me, that was really exciting. Cirque du Soleil is obviously the best of the best of the best in the world who can do, perform with their own body. And Michael Jackson, arguably, and there's plenty of argument, but most people will agree that there's not too many people who, who have ever danced better than Michael Jackson. So you put those two together and you're looking at a very unique dancer. And Jean, Jean Sook uh, went to the audition to be the lead dancer in the Michael Jackson Cirque du Soleil show. And in his own quote, I have a very unusual profession for somebody that only has one leg. He's a professional dancer at the best of the best of the best top level, and he's only got one leg. So when anybody tells me it can't be done, it's not possible, that person certainly comes to mind. Yeah. And there's literally thousands, millions of people that have been told over the course of history, you can't, and they did anyway. 
not possible and they made it possible. So there's my question. What are you going to do? Have a look at this end of the scale. Have a look at what the unfilthy, unhealthy people have a terrible job. They're in awful relationships and they're broke. Is it possible that they're living differently and they're doing things differently than the people that are healthy, fit and strong, have a career that they love, they're financially free and they've got beautiful people in their life. They're achieving their goals and they're waking up every day doing what they love and they would do it for free, but they have become so valuable to the world that they don't have to do it for free. Uh, Why is this so exciting to me? Because I've just shared with you every single tool that's in the MAX program. The entire Max Diploma program is based on those four things, the study of excellence in those four areas. How do I get really fit, really healthy, really strong and stay that way for the rest of my life? And how do I get other people really fit, really strong and really healthy and help them to stay that way for the rest of their life? Those tools of anatomy, physiology, exercise programming, nutrition, how do I help an individual, unique individual person become healthy, fit and strong? That is your MAX program from a exercise professional point of view. Then if you want to have a career or business that you are successful in, that you love, that you make money from, that you can add value to the world, those tools are obviously in the business diploma. To be financially free, we are literally, uh, and I'm, I'm sharing this with passion and enthusiasm, uh, we are a business college, an international fitness business college that has a major focus on wealth creation, not to make money, to get freedom and choice. It's never about the money. It's to, who needs money in the bank? It doesn't do anything for you if it's sitting in the bank, and particularly in the bank, it doesn't do anything for you. But when you have money, you have freedom and choice. And when you're really good at what you do, so when you have a business, a career that's successful, you then can become financially free. And the program will give you all the tools, the skills, the knowledge. There's a big toolbox full of wealth creation tools. And then the last part, which I think is probably the most important part, is if I get people healthy, fit and strong, how do I communicate that effectively with each individual person? If I've got a career or business that I love, how do I attract the right members, clients, customers? How do I communicate with them effectively? How do I make sure they want to buy my product or service? How do I have great relationships with people? And that can be wrapped up. People might call that sales. They might call it marketing. They might call it communication. I just call it how to have great people in your life. And that's why the MAX program exists. That's what is every part of the program is focused on. How can I help you as an individual person to be healthy, fit and strong, for the rest of your life, to help all the people in your life to be healthy, fit and strong for their life, their entire life. As you know, I'm not interested in 12-week challenges or lose weight, gain weight. I want people to, if they need to lose weight, to never find it again. How do I be healthy, fit and strong, help the people in my life to be healthy, fit and strong? How do I have a successful, profitable career that I love so much I would do it for free, but I'm so bloody good at it that people want to invest money in me And I have the skills, the tools, and the knowledge to attract great people into my life. Uh, Surely that's got to be exciting. For me, that's been the driving force of my entire life. And the really interesting thing to take note of is that the way this group of people who have a terrible life, what they're doing is completely different to these people. So yes, we have a look at what they're doing and don't do it. And we have a look at what the the successful, happy, healthy, fit, strong people are doing and do what they're doing. So my last question is this. 
Are you setting goals? Are you thinking about what you can do with your life based on your current reality or based on your dreams? See, if I think about what I'm capable of doing now, I'm going to set little goals. If I don't think that I can run a marathon, I'm not going to set a goal to run a marathon because my reality now says I can't. And I was there at one stage. I can't run a marathon. I'm too big. I can't run a marathon. I'm too heavy. I can't run a marathon. It's too far. I can't do it. If you tell yourself that you can't do it, what's going to happen? So all I had to do was say, I can. How can I? And I took on the advice. When the gun goes off, start running. When you get to the finish line, stop running. Congratulations, you're a marathon runner. And the beautiful thing about focusing on I am a marathon runner when you're not is you have to start living like a marathon runner. At the moment, if you are focusing on what you're capable of doing now, is it possible that you won't ever achieve the things that you want to achieve because the person that you are now can't? Because if you could, you would. You have to become a different person, a stronger person, a fitter person, a more creative person. You have to get better so that you can achieve the things that you haven't done. That's why they're called goals, because they haven't been achieved yet. So if you want to be a goal achiever, perhaps don't focus on who you are now. Focus on who can I become? I don't want to be that person over there that can't do it. How can I do it? And what do I need to do to make sure that can't becomes can, impossible becomes possible and done, and then how can I inspire other people? So do you want this beautiful life? Do you want to make a difference to your community or country? Do you want to make a difference to the world? And whatever your goal is, whatever you believe now may not be possible, is it possible if you say, how can I make the plan to do it and then go do it? Woo!